This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 1075 FM, Unholstered. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome on in here to Unholstered. Hopefully you survived the nasty weather that we all received uh, within northeastern Indiana, northwest Ohio, even parts of Michigan. We're glad you're still here with us for today's edition of Unholstered. I'm one of your hosts, Kayla Blakesley. I represent the media side, and then my co-host represents the Fort Wayne Police Department side. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Catina. I'm a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and I am so happy you all made it through Snowmageddon. Uh, <laughs> is that what we're calling it? Is that what people are calling it? That's what I'm it? calling it. I heard some people calling it Snowmacron. Oh, Get it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Locking us inside our homes oh, like Omicron. <laughs> I thought it was pretty clever. Uh, we are here on Unholstered, uh, t- telling all the stories and sharing all the stories that don't often get told when it comes to backing our men and women in blue. Uh, that's why Sophia and I have joined forces here for Unholstered. And Sophia, I thought I thought last week was kind of a rough episode uh, talking about crimes against persons, you know, all those sensitive cases that I, quite frankly, you just don't really hear about a lot of them. They don't get a lot of the attention. Let's say like homicides do. I, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, uh, but it's just a topic that's not often talked about. And I feel like we're embarking on that territory again with today's topic. Right. And I think it's just something that I I don't think it's necessarily off limits, but I I think people need to be aware of what's happening in their community, that there's victims they don't know about, and that there's also a lot of resources in this community that you might not know you had, and that's going to be beneficial moving forward if something like this happens to you or someone in your family or a friend. So you'll know what to do, and that education um, and information is vital to success and justice. So we're happy to have Michelle Ditton. She is uh, the director, uh, chief nursing officer, if you will, of the Sexual Assault Treatment Center. And she was one of the co-founders of the center 26 years ago this past Saturday. So congratulations. So you just celebrated 26 years. Congrats. Congrats. You said it, uh, Sophia. This is going to be really educational, even for me, because prior to well, meeting you, Sophia, and then Michelle just a few moments ago, I didn't even realize we had a sexual assault treatment center. So, Michelle, with that, someone just like me who is completely unaware of this amazing organization that we have here in our own backyard, tell me all about it. Wow, that's kind of an open-ended question. Yeah, right? Um, (laughs) The mic is yours, Michelle. I know. I've been a registered nurse for 42 years working in the emergency room. We saw a great need back in the 90s for a place for women, men, children to go that would need a medical forensic exam. There wasn't any training. There wasn't any anything. So in a nutshell, what we did was we got training in California. We did about seven different classes. And Sophia was part of the one in 98 when we had already opened for adults in 96. And we opened the um, third not-for-profit nurse-driven center in the country. It was the Kidding. 20th in the country, and it was the first in 11 states in the Midwest. And what it means is that not-for-profit is uh, men, women, and children who are victims of sexual assault, child abuse, can come to our center, get a medical forensic exam at no cost to them ever. Um, We do prophylactic treatment for medications. We do referrals into the community for mental health. And we, most of them, we come in with law enforcement, a victim advocate, the forensic nurse, and the most important would be our patient who reports that they've been sexually assaulted. We see patients in the 18 and older 
that have been assaulted 120 hours or less um, with children and also to collect DNA it's 120 hours or less too but we also will see children at any age if they will benefit from the exam meaning like if it's a seven-year-old and they were assaulted two years ago and a seven-year-old really doesn't understand their body parts we can explain to them that they're normal they're not damaged it's not their fault and we believe that I'll have a lot of benefit because most of our children unfortunately never see the inside of a courtroom we want them to know that they're okay and it's not their fault um, it, it is kind of, we trained the whole state of Indiana. We trained all the states that are around us. We, at one point, were the largest educator. So it's kind of a, it's a great product. And You short sell yourself. It's an amazing yeah, product. I'm and blown away. Yeah, if people just knew what was here and the resources we had in Fort Wayne, I think they'd just be blown away about how this criminal justice system moves and how we are really taking these victims and trying to make them whole again, as, as hard as that is and in the end, that's what we want, justice. And I, and, and, and I think, not to interrupt you, Sophie, yeah. I think when you said it's sad and it's this, I mean, you just have not had a friend who's come to you mm -hmm. and said that they've been in this predicament because, unfortunately, most people don't know we're here, and they go to either the emergency room or they call 911. And though they do know, I mean, because they're part of our team, and then they would make— they, we are Do the, they refer those, they, those All of them. To, we okay. are the only credentialed provider of that service. We do— Allen County and 16 surrounding counties who serve over 1.6 million people and we work with 56 law enforcement agencies. We testify in the court of law. I was just talking to Sophia back in the day. I used to train with the Department of Justice and train law enforcement how to recognize, how to be empathetic, how to do trauma-informed questioning, how to just treat any single person that walked into their life like it was their kid's sister or their best friend, whether it be male or female, because there's always room for doubt. But if we just believe, and the other thing that I was picking up on what you say, I think where we're the most powerful is that we offer hope. We give them options. We Every step of the way, we let them decide what they want to do about themselves, about this case. And Because Sophie and I were talking about a Jane Doe statute, which is the um, non-reporting statute. And even then, people will say, well, why would you do that? No, no, no. Which is where a woman can come to us who's 18 or older, still has no charge to her ever, can have the exam done, the evidence collected, the DNA evidence collected, and then if later she wants to report to the police, then we'll have it, because that law was originally built for domestic violence women so that they could get safe, you know, Sophia and them, they could get them passports, they could get them safely away from the suspect, and then we'd already have the evidence. And a lot of times it's turned in, I just don't know what I want to do, but legislation passed that if you don't know what you want to do, then you can come to us, and we will at no charge. Yeah, and this was part of that anonymous reporting that we wanted people to be aware of because you can wait and and file the report later but if we miss that window of opportunity for physical evidence um, that these nurses give to us from their forensic exam then we miss a huge part of what we need to prove our case like when detective hopper was here you know he said we can still believe someone but if we don't have evidence to back it up it just makes it so much more hard to to press through and get those charges filed and get justice served for the victim so they can come in they can anonymously report they'll take that evidence they don't even have to talk to the police at that at that time and then if they choose after speaking with the nurses or speaking with the therapist to, to then go forward with charges they still can do that and we still have a good evidentiary basis to move forward in in prose prosecution and a lot of times even when she said that when somebody calls us and says, I don't know for sure what happened, I don't know what I want to do, even when we just talk to them, you know, tell me why you don't want to report. And we work through what obstacles they're up against. Most of those women will even convert over when they figure out or they make a determination before coming in. 
oh no 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 I, I never want to do that I mean because it's if it's just I don't know or I don't I mean can you just tell me they don't understand that we don't just run the evidence to see if that you know if there's a DNA there that we have to have law enforcement involved because if they find out if I don't want you to go to my my boss and say you know, where were you last night and they'll so either way because I think because we're brutally honest we always believe you know even though I believe you were sexually assaulted you know in the state of Indiana the statute reads different you know, force and threat of force and I mean and it is very difficult but I think as a nurse because they truly are my patient not a victim to Sophia they're victims to community they're victims to me they're my patient and that because I have the nursing role Sophia's mm -hmm. Fort Wayne PD is the legal role, but it's together where we're so powerful is that we are brutally honest with them so that they know we're not shortchanging them on when they're making their decisions. And it, there are downfalls to reporting as a Jane Doe or an anonymous because there's no secondary crime scene ever for Sophia to go talk to, to the right. bartender, to the hotel, to the sheets, to the whatever. But we will always honor that and go forward if that's what they truly decide. What does the Indiana statute say? There has to be force or threat of force. Okay. I mean, Sophia knows what the statute is, and that's very difficult when you it's somebody that you know and you're in shock over what's happening. I mean, because women and men are mentally built different. Like, I can't believe he's doing this. I can't. I mean, I didn't want to do this, and they don't say anything. And right. So, the so guy, what, if, what if hypothetically, in the case of rape, then a woman didn't say anything, or there technically was no those are sign of force. Yeah, <laughs> Those Sophia. are difficult, because the statute actually reads, except provided in this subsection B, a person who knowingly or intentionally has sexual intercourse with another person, or knowingly or intentionally causes another person to perform or submit to other sexual conduct as defined, one, the other person is compelled by force or imminent threat of force, or the other person is unaware that sexual intercourse or other sexual conduct is occurring. So if they're unconscious... Or mentally incapacitated. Mentally, right. Which yeah. makes it really difficult because there's nowhere in there does it say, hey, um, this is not graphic or anything. I want to have sex with you. Do you want to have sex? Right. Yes. And that there's an ongoing... Yes, through each part, just because you kiss someone or do something else, fondle. I'm not going to go into any details to gross off at your readers or your listeners, but you should be an ongoing, yes. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? Not, I mean, somebody who's just laying there with this startled look on their face, not participating, maybe be your first clue of maybe they don't really want to do this. Right. But, and that's hard because a lot of these women know, I, I never said I wanted to do this. I never said yes. I wasn't even engaged in this. And he didn't pick up on my vibes. So they believe in their hearts, and we, we reiterate, I believe with all my heart that you were sexually assaulted. But that's different than proving rape in the yeah. state of Indiana. Yeah. Uh, and that's where it becomes very difficult for women who believe they were assaulted. How does that go over with these women? When I mean, un you have the unfortunate job of trying to tell them, listen, there is a distinction, there is a difference of what is going to hold up in the court of law or not, despite whatever you well, might Well, the officers do a, a remarkable job, and so do we. Hey, we believe you. I believe yeah. that you were sexually assaulted, but I'm going to be brutally honest. I know you don't remember a lot of things, but that doesn't mean that um, Captain Rosales is not going to go out and investigate and right. look for cell phones and look for other witnesses. But these are difficult cases. I mean, because we need to tell they think they watch TV and think everybody's arrested in two hours and, and then somehow right. in jail. We talk about that every week, yeah. Michelle. Yeah. How, yeah. how, how <laughs> TV doesn't yeah. make yeah. Yeah. We do it in the courtroom yeah. all the time, too, because like mm -hmm. why we don't have tremendous amounts of DNA and injury, et cetera. So right. um, it's hard. It's very difficult. Well, you, you know, we talked with Jim Lutz talking about court. You know, only 60, about 63 percent of these cases are accepted uh, of the CAPS cases that move forward. But, you know, we're, like they said, they had 400 and some cases to investigate last year. 
but you know, there's only 365 days in the year. Take out weekends, take out holidays. There's court dates. You still have all these other crimes to prosecute too. Not everything can go to court, mm-hmm. and that's why I, you know, so we talked about plea deals and things mm-hmm. like that because the, there's just the system is not built for everything to have a trial. It's there's just not. And, and even though I do this, I mean, doing this for you know, being a nurse for 42 years out of the emergency room and this for you know 28, even though we're only open for 26, I believe that that's a good thing. I know a lot of people don't understand plea yeah, deals, why, but why is that? Well, I think because you have to have reasonable certainty that you can win this case. You can't, everybody wants justice, but unfortunately a lot of justice is not in the courtroom. I mean, when you have, he, and I know that he, people hate the terminology, and I, as I do also, he said, she said, but uh, I mean, we all have, yeah. I mean, you have a son and I have a husband and a brother, actually two brothers. Oh, gosh, sorry, I forgot one. Um, <laughs> and I don't want someone just he said and she said, and yeah. that's enough burden of proof to say guilt. That's not. That's not how our justice system works. It doesn't mean we can't hook him up to resources and and therapy and, and other kinds of things that are out there because women truly are wired different. I mean, Venus and Mars, that's really mm-hmm, true. Mm-hmm. I mean, women... Our perception of things is grossly different than men. I say it every day. Yes, yes. And and, and I do even, like, as Sophia teaches and I teach about drinking, because alcohol has nothing to do with it. You're somehow at fault for this. But a lot of times choices are made that aren't normally made when alcohol is involved. And so we educate our boys more and more to respect women. And there aren't a certain brand of women because they're dressed like that. I mean, most of those are kind of out the window. But, I mean, it's difficult to feel you've been assaulted. And I look at the faces of women on a daily basis that believe with all of their heart they have been assaulted and so do I but that is not proving rape in the court of law and there's lots of statutes they've been working on right now in about consent but that's not as easy as you think either so can a, can a husband rape a woman his wife you know consent does he have to get her consent I mean so it's not a cut a lot of dry. gray area yeah. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots yeah, of yeah. Gray. not always black and white yeah no. so at the at the uh, sexual assault treatment center, do you find you see primarily women, or compared to men versus children? What patients mostly? Are you I, I would say about eighty nine percent. women. Women only because our men um, associate it with sexuality when most of our men are heterosexual, and it is a violent. Uh, yeah. Act oh, yeah. and so unless they're seriously injured, um, they don't report. And I think that we've had them report, but then most will decline and get it to even when the police. I mean, it, it, they're humiliated that they could either be that intoxicated, that fooled, that whatever. Um, and especially with our boys, I mean, it, and we I think we do the best talking about sexuality with with kids. I mean, if they choose to be gay or if they're lesbian or whatever that has nothing to do with the acts that have happened to them as a child because we know that whether you air this or not that sex feels good but you can't make decisions as a child what you want to do to engage with an adult uncle etc and I think in going back and doing this for so long I've had so many kids who have grown up who've come back to me telling me how impactual that was to release them of the guilt that they felt you know twins why did grandpa pick me and not my sibling what did I do I mean not where the ownership of the guilt is the suspect not the child you didn't do anything I mean there are definitely typologies different things that people prey on certain kids in certain ways but mostly it's because they like kids I and mean, I know this is a very difficult I don't want to go dark side of, of this talk here but 
I think that where the center is so valuable, other than giving options and choices and other than doing the medical exam to make sure you don't have any injuries or taking care of the injuries and collecting DNA and testifying and giving you drugs, is the psychological aspect yeah, of what we do. that removal of that guilt would, yeah, would, would right. just be huge. Yes, yes. yes. And remember is. I said last week when we talked to Sergeant Hopper, I'm like, it, the perpetrator is the one at fault yeah. here. It's yep. not the child. It's not the victim, the female or the male who may have been raped or because they were, quote unquote, dressed a certain way or in a certain spot of when they shouldn't have been. It, the actions of the person doing the harm is where the guilt lies. Forever. Hands down. Right. What's the number one reason that you see why people, uh, let's say they're within that 120-hour window and some, some evidence was collected. What's usually the number one reason, though, that whether it's women, men, or children, don't want to move forward with pressing charges. Is it humiliation or embarrassment? It is. It is their friends that go to front of the... I mean, I can tell you, most middle-class women that I've ever taken care of, upper echelon, do not want the stigma associated... It, I mean, it is absolutely mind-boggling because they don't want to put their family through it. They don't want to be judged because they stopped and had a beer and then went home because, you know, men can stop and have a beer and go home. But oh, yeah, God but forbid a woman would like, stop yeah. and, or take someone home that you've known for a long time and then that person would rape you. I mean, it's absolutely, and they just I don't want to do it. So I they don't, just I live in this, right. this. Right. I mean, I've wow. had people going like because it was a boss and they're in six digits and they're like, oh, well, if I hadn't done this, I'm like, you were throwing up in the bathroom. Why Why would this be your fault? Yeah. I mean, but they don't want to do it. They just don't want to be labeled that as, as being promiscuous, making the wrong choice in life. And it's really a, a woman, even though men are raped and children are raped, it is a woman owns the, the bearer of Prove that you weren't. Prove yeah. that you didn't do something to deserve it. And it's that mentality is. What's the number one thing that you would tell? And, and I, in this case, a woman who, who was raped. And let's say there is the evidence and, to, to support it. Um, Call us. Yeah. Call well, us I mean, and let us talk you through your that? options about what's real. I mean, what you, I mean, if you come in, no, it's going to be on the front page of the paper yeah. uh, with your name. I'm not saying it won't ever make there. But I mean, it will. Uh, if But high profile cases with high profile professions who are the who would be the suspect or the defendant they don't stay quiet i mean they're protecting themselves and i mean i'm not saying it will never make it there but just at least hear what your options are what the truth is about what we do and why you can go forward yeah, yeah. and their names will never make it from the law enforcement side will never make it that that is protected information through statute so we cannot give any kind of name your date of birth nothing like that we may give a female white age 21 but we'd never give a name that it, we're we're prevented from doing that by statute at, at, for freedom of information well and, and is there also ever the conversation of you know you could help to prevent this from happening potentially to another i woman? would never ever say that to no. a woman okay. never and here's why because she is responsible for herself. And we just had this happen last week where somebody was advised, do it, because what if he does it to someone else? If he does it to someone else, he owns that. Mm -hmm. He's the suspect. He is performing that act. She needs to protect herself. What is the best interest of that woman where she is today? Knowing and armed with the most information that we can give them and the Fort Wayne Police Department can give them if they do not want to go forward. I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, because we do, our, the center also is in, 
with the 122nd, the Air Force Base, and we do a lot. It is always up to the woman to know what her options are. Even now, Sophia might because she's law enforcement driven, even though she's different. I mean, because she, but she understands the trauma that can put on a woman. The guilt cannot, we cannot guilt her into so he doesn't yeah. do it to someone else. It's got to be all about her, all about her. This is up to you. What is the best for you to do? And I will support that action. So walk me through this here real quick. Let's let's walk through a woman calls you, Michelle, calls the center. What happens next? Are you safe? Are you in a safe place? Yeah. I mean, and if not, then we would do other things. Tell them about the time, you know, when it happened. Because some, unfortunately, some people call and, and they find the courage to call and it happened eight days ago. So they're outside the time frame for DNA collection and injury identification. But I can still have them call over to the Fort Wayne Police Department or what jurisdiction it happened. Like I told you, we do. Yeah. We work with yeah. 56 law enforcement agencies. So when, where, how, and what, what we do, what we truly do. Because unfortunately a lot of people if they have been drinking don't really know what's happened and think that we can just run the dna and tell them it doesn't happen like that Ooh, either okay see um, i would have thought that actually too right um so we just debunk the myths and tell them what their options are and then if somebody would say you know what happened last night i want to go forward we would say hold you know make sure that they have a safe ride to get to us we would call the fort wayne police department okay. the victim advocates that work with the fort wayne police department um jessica crozier's department rocks um no <laughs> and um and then a nurse would call in and then everybody would come to our center if unstable okay if so they'd critical, all come to you yes, if this yes. woman decides because to we go have in. equipment that costs a lot of money yeah. and and it's a very safe we're in total lockdown all the time um if they're unstable or critical they'll either fly them by air or bring them by ambulance to prmc or to lutheran on 69 wow. and we have access to be able to go into any department there surgery er anywhere that they would need to go well then in the reverse then sophia it's kind of same question to you let's say you're you're called up or you know an officer is called to a rape case and you know that there is a, a victim here do you then call the center or how does that work we do we they're on a page they're available 24 7 365 so we're they're on a page out basis if it's after hours if it's during hours we'll just call over there they'll look bring them over there if it's after hours we page them they get dressed out of their warm jammies and they come in uh, for the victim snowopolis then, yep yeah, <laughs> during better than the post office, right? Yeah, we'll show up. It may take us a little bit, but we'll get the victim transported over to the center, and then they can do that, and we'll transport the victim back if they don't have a ride home. What's the number? What's the address? What's the information? It's two six zero four two three two 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 six zero four two three two 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 two. I would not advise just showing up because we have a whole other. I mean. I can give you the address, but I mean, if you want to come and have a tour or something, yeah. but not just to show up, because we do work so closely with the police department, even though we don't work for the police department. Right. And that's a real important too. People think, oh, you're an, an arm of the of the law enforcement. No, we're part of the team of the sexual assault response team. They have a distinct role. We have a distinct role. Once the police may believe that a crime may have occurred, then we become totally medical. I mean, I don't work for the police, even though I share the reports with them because they're the ones who are authorizing to do it. But our website too has some videos. Um, it's fwsatc.org, fwsatc.org, that you can go look at some of the videos and do like a walkthrough. It shows you what our rooms look like, kind of shows you what the process is, talks a little bit about what we really do. And there's some animated ones even for younger ones. And then Leslie does a, a wonderful walkthrough through the center. But you can call 24 hours a day and you're soft patched right through to a nurse who can tell you what your options are. How did, and I, you two have known each other for 
well over a decade here, obviously. Two decades. Two decades. Hey, I'm hey, trying hey. to be kind, go Michelle. Off. It's going to be on three. It's going to go on three well, for a couple Lord. years. How, how did you two get connected? And then how did you go from there to uh, joining forces together with the Fort Wayne Police Department and the Sexual Assault Treatment Center? Well, I just think it was a real need that the, they saw on the medical side. And we embraced because, you know, without that information, without that good quality information, evidence that that they're able to obtain because sometimes, you know, if you're not trained, then you've messed up evidence you've messed up the whole case yeah. in terms of that evidence being able to be submitted. So having highly qualified trained people like we have, Michelle and Leslie and the whole team is, is incredible. And I think that just naturally it came together and people had the foresight to see this 20, 26 years ago, that this was going to be a benefit to this community and it's powerful, powerful stuff. And, I'll end on the note that this is not shameful. This is this is there is hope. empowering yeah, over there. We're hoping they we um, a lot. These women are incredible, and day in and day out, they do this job. And it could be the saddest of circumstances, but whenever I see them, they always have a smile. They're always laughing. Um, they're they're beautiful people. And if you are not supportive of this, you need to be. It is something for our community. And do you still have the wall with all the children's uh -huh. handprints mm -hmm. on them? We tell children when after yeah. their exam, if they want, they can put their hand on the wall so other children aren't afraid. No name or anything. Oh, wow. We've never that's had sweet. a child not want to put their hand yeah. on the wall. And you, you can see bumps, you're not so. alone. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is about. You are not alone. There are several other victims, unfortunately, of these circumstances. But especially for kids, it's so important for them to know that th they're not alone. There's several kids out there just like them. I'll end on my note of it's not just about us. I mean, in collaboration with Fort Wayne Police Department and our other outstanding police agencies and victim assistants or victim advocates from our county and other counties, that's how we get it done. And the belief and yeah. shows like this, they get it out there that just call. We'll tell you what your options are. I'm not going to tape record. I mean, it's not a mandatory crime. You don't. So you can just tell me your first name. We'll tell you what your choices are 24-7. Just make the call. Just make yeah. that just initial make call. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's make the call and empower and yourself. And either way, then you know, you know, like if you want to even think about it, you can do this yeah. and then call us back. But do this to preserve evidence. And, and it's amazing. And we've made a lot of people, acquaintances across time that by empowering them and just giving the hope and just by listening to them, I think that we bring hope. That's one of our biggest things on the embroidered on the back of our jackets is hope because we just because we're honest. We give trauma informed care. We give you your options. Ultimately, you get to make the choice and we'll stand behind you with it. Michelle, bravo to you and everyone else on your team and your staff doing some outstanding work by the sounds. And, and like I said, I was very honest. I didn't know anything about come see the center. the center most people don't yeah, yeah. most people don't and you so can I'm... join us at warm and cozy they have a fundraising event I once like a year i like the sounds of that yeah, it, was, it was rainy and cold last year but it was so it's wonderful. wednesday september 21st because our funding comes from the state and we do one big fundraiser let a me, year let, michelle you have i will my invite word. you you can yes, be my guest let me know about it i will put oh, you it on the so air fun. it's so it, fun it's yeah, before we'll september that'll it. be yeah. fun yes let's do it let's spread the word because like i said what an amazing organization and we talk you here to hear me talk again out there yes i can't wait I can't wait. Uh, really quick, Sophia, uh, what's up next week? Uh, next week, we're going to have the heart team, along with the social workers that we have, coming in and talking about um, what they're doing and what, what they're working on on the streets. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Thank you.
podcast by Federated Media.